All right. All right. Let's try something new. Let's try something new, new and improved this week. It's called a preview podcast. We're going to take this, we're going to take maybe just five, 10 minutes of your time to talk about a topic that we're going to be exploring um, with a guest in next week's podcast. And uh, next week's podcast is all around the limits of human flight. Uh, we're talking to one of the top wingsuit pilots uh, in the world. Um, wingsuiting, if you don't know what it's about, it's about these guys who jump off of uh, cliffs and towers uh, wearing uh, what can only be described as a squirrel, flying squirrel suit, uh, all in the name of flying close as they can, proximity flying along the edges of, of the city, along the edges of the mountainscape, and pushing uh, the boundaries of what has been possible uh, in flying up to this point. And it's, it's a really interesting subject for us because, you know, working at Red Bull, you're surrounded by people who uh, do beyond the ordinary things. But I've had trouble wrapping my head around uh, wingsuit pilots because there seems to be a certain kind of X factor in them, a certain belief that they're more comfortable um, in the air than they are on the ground walking among us mere mortals. And so we explore that in next week's podcast. But I wanted to take today to talk a little bit about the history of the wingsuit. The earliest wingsuits attempts, the proper ones, can be traced back to the 1930s. They included wings made of wood, canvas, silk, even steel, and, and whalebone. The point was to fly horizontally. Actually, hang on. The first attempt was actually in 1912. A man named Fritz Reichelt. He's a Austrian-French inventor. Uh, he was a tailor, and he's known forever in history as the flying tailor. He devised a very rudimentary, what I can only describe as kind of like a parachute jumpsuit, to jump off of the Eiffel Tower in the middle of winter. And what he did was he concealed it in such a way that he was able to talk his way past the guards, went up to the top, uh, got up to the viewing platform wearing, after he unfurled it, it looks like a, I don't know, like a three-man tent on his back, uh, and uh, he jumped, and he fell 187 feet to his death. It was the middle of winter, yet he nevertheless made an attempt, uh, made an impression in the ground, a dent in the ground. And get this, through the miracles of our modern digital world, you can actually see this footage, first name James, you can see it on YouTube. You have to Google Franz Reichelt, C-H-E-I-L-T, and, uh, and witness this. And, and, and I'm, I'm, you can hear kind of the, the, the mirth in my voice. It's actually very tragic what happened to him. But it's nevertheless amazing that this kind of grainy black and white uh, early film footage of this attempt is on YouTube. Anyway, also on YouTube is, is the first kind of entrance of wingsuit flying uh, in popular culture, a film called Gypsy Moths. This was directed by John Frankenheimer, very, very illustrious director. John Frankenheimer brought us The Manchurian Candidate. He brought us The Birdman of Alcatraz. He was a man who was known for really paying attention to details of the scenes and the subcultures that he wanted to document before he tackled skydiving in his film uh, Gypsy Moths. He tackled Grand Prix racing, and it was, it was a very well-received film in the way that he portrayed it. Gypsy Moss told the story of a group of skydivers starring uh, Gene Hackman and the Uber star at the time, Burt Lancaster. 
You got to check out the trailer on YouTube. It's uh, predictably hilarious. Uh, there's dramatic orchestral music. Uh, there's people talking like they're in 1940s era detective movies, like say you see, you know. <laughs> and there's like the character archetypes, like the bad boy and the kid. Uh, it's got all of the schlock you want. Um, it also uh, was the first film to showcase a rudimentary wingsuit. Uh, they called them bat wings, and this was a bit of an homage to the folks in the 1930s, these, these parachutists, who uh, constructed these rudimentary wings strung up between their arms like a bat, as you would imagine, in the hope of achieving flight. And uh, this, too, is on YouTube, if you want to Google, Google, or YouTube, I should say, bat wings. The gypsy moth bat wing uh, was made of burlap with slots positioned to allow air to pass through it as the skydiver held on to handles at the wing at the end of the wing. Uh, and you can imagine the strain on their arms was insane. Something else to note, the footage in that film was shot by a man named John Bonish, who in the 70s became the known as the godfather of base jumping. That is basically skydiving uh, without the sky. It's jumping off of bridges, antennas, spans, and earth base. Uh, so very, very re revolutionary figure in uh, what would later become uh, base jumping and wingsuit flying. The gear uh, developed over time. There weren't really too many attempts because it was so, so risky. You know, the vast majority of people who attempted this uh, without the proper gear uh, died. And in 1907, uh, 1997, uh, according to the World Wingsuit League, a Frenchman by the name of Patrick de Gallardon developed a wingsuit that didn't rely on metal or wood to create wings, but on the same, uh, it's called ram air inflation that's used in square parachutes. And in 1997, he showed his wingsuit to reporters and a new mini industry was born. So 1997... Boutique wingsuit manufacturers with these like really awesome names like Phoenix Fly and Birdman International sprung up uh, to produce suits for a growing number of enthusiasts. Uh, nowadays, the technology or the gear, I should say, has evolved to the point where uh, pilots uh, can fly horizontally for a th for three feet, like forward for three feet for every foot they, f they go down. And that's because of the lift that's created by these suits. It literally slows their drop from around, I don't know, 90 to 100 miles an hour down to around 30 to 50 miles an hour while increasing their forward speed uh, to 90 miles an hour. And, and, and of course, the effect of all this is that it doubles the amount of time a pilot can spend in flight compared to a simple uh, skydive parachute drop. So all of these companies I mentioned have developed coach training programs to indoctrinate experienced sky drive, uh, skydivers into wingsuit flying. In fact, I should note this, you, you can't just go out and buy a wingsuit and jump off a cliff. I mean, you could, but you'd be incredibly stupid. Uh, the U.S. Parachute Association requires uh, you to complete a minimum of, of 500 jumps before attempting uh, wingsuit flying without an instructor. And uh, if you do have an instructor, uh, you'll have need to accomplish a minimum of 200 jumps. So the sport has evolved. The great goal of the sport now is to actually land a wingsuit. There's guys like uh, Jeb Corliss, who have uh, come out publicly in the last 10 years is, is wanting to 
to be the first to, to properly land in a wingsuit, which would truly be an amazing, amazing step. The current world record for flight is more than 17 and a half miles. It was in, accomplished in April 2012 uh, by uh, Jonathan Flores of Colombia, who jumped from height of 37,265 feet and flew for more than nine minutes uh, before opening his parachute, which is incredibly mind-blowing, actually. Um, so the wingsuit has evolved to the point where, you know, these guys, these skydivers can, and these, these pilots can push the limits further, but, but now it's really up to the pilots themselves to take it to the next level. And so we're very fortunate next week to have as our guest, John DeVore, one of the top wingsuit pilots on earth. You've seen his work in Iron Man 3. He's shot a number of Hollywood films, including one for Disney, which, get this, never got released, but uh, ended up with him suffering a harrowing crash, which he goes into in, in, in some detail. So stay tuned next week for the Red Bulletin podcast. We'll have John DeVore. We'll have myself, your host, Andreas Georges. See you next time. Right, 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 but a little song, a little tune to play, to make the good times roll.